Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 129. Is it possible to get in the way of God? Yes, Peter would say. Remember, Peter was the main leader of the early church. Peter would say, yeah, it's possible to get in God's way. I mean, it's not exactly possible to stop God doing whatever God wants to do. But you can certainly resist what God wants to do. You can resist what God wants to do in your life or in the life of those around you. So we're going to be, we're going to be looking at that today. It's a fascinating text. It's, we're looking at Acts 11 and it takes place where Peter, this is, by the way, this is about seven or eight years after the first Easter. And Peter is one of the main leaders the disciple Peter, the student Peter. Well, he's grown up now. It's eight years later. It's eight years after Jesus has been resurrected and left the group. I mean, he's still with them, but Jesus is with them in an entirely different way, right? He's with them in the way that he's with us. So this passage tells us in Acts, by the way, the book of Acts is all about the Acts of the early church. What happened after Easter? How was the church formed? How did the students get on once Jesus left them? Yeah, well, you want to read the book of Acts because that's the book that gives you all the information about the early church. And this is a narrative that takes place... um, Uh, With Peter, he's on the roof and he's praying and he's waiting for his dinner being made. And uh, so he's up on the roof and he's he's praying. And uh, we don't exactly know what what he's praying about, but the text tells us that he's praying. And uh, he's waiting for his dinner to be made. And while he's praying, he, he gets this unusual, strange vision. And it's a vision of a sheet that comes down from heaven. And in that sheet, there are all sorts of forbidden, unkosher animals. Remember the, remember the ancient people, the ancient Jews had this long list of, they had kosher food, food they could eat, and then they had unkosher food, food that they couldn't eat. For example, they couldn't eat things like, well, the one that we know, the most common one is, is pork. Uh, Pigs were forbidden food. And then there were other strange things too, like shellfish and crab, that was forbidden. In fact, come to think of it, I think it was any animals that don't have cloven hoofs were unkosher food. So there he is, he's on, he's on the rooftop, he's waiting for his dinner. The strange picture of this sheet coming down from heaven and all this food in it, and the voice says, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, I'd never do that. We're not allowed to eat that food. And the voice again said, Peter, eat. Get up, kill and eat. And Peter said, I'd never ever do that. I would never do that. It's wrong. It's all unclean food. 
And a third time, remember everything happens in threes when it's to get the point over. This is important now, pay attention. Peter, get up, kill and eat. Do not call unclean what I call clean. And that's the vision. And of course, at this point, it's quite puzzling. I mean, he doesn't really know what it means. So he's, he's sitting up there and he's thinking about this strange vision. And I think the way I think about visions, by the way, is I often think of a, a, a vision as, it's like a dream, but you're awake. So it's a very vivid picture. And it is something that is really arrests your attention. It's not just like a dream that you dream about and forget. It's something that you mull over. Maybe some of you have had that experience. Maybe you've had a dream, and then the next again morning you wake up and you remember the dream, and then you think to yourself, wow, that was an unusual dream. I wonder what it means. I wonder if it means something. Well, a vision is, is similar to that, only you're awake when you have a vision. And he's wondering at this point, what in the world does that mean? And, and somebody comes to the door, a knock at the door, and it happens to be the servants of a man called Cornelius. And the servants say, hey, Cornelius would like to see you. He's inviting you over to his house, and he wants to meet with you. Now, Normally, Peter doesn't really have any problem going to people's houses and telling them about Jesus. Uh, but the thing is, is that there's two rules that Peter's always kept. One rule is he's never eaten any unkosher food. And the second rule that the early believers had was don't associate with people who are not Jewish. Remember, we've looked at this before. The whole story is Jewish. Everybody's Jewish. Jesus is Jewish. Peter, Mary, John, all the early leaders, everybody is Jewish. It's a Jewish story. And Peter has been taught ever since he was a boy. Keep to your own people. You don't need to have any, you don't really need to have anything to do with people who are not like us part of our tribe. We're the Jewish people. We're the people of God. So you don't really need to have anything to do with anyone else. And so this is his mindset. This is his way of thinking. This is what he was taught. Just like we're taught certain things. We believe certain things because we're raised that way. This is Peter. He's raised with these two rules. Don't eat unkosher food and don't have anything to do with people that are not of our faith tradition, the Jewish faith. So Cornelius, his servants come to the door and they say, uh, Cornelius wants to see you. And here's the thing, Cornelius isn't Jewish. Cornelius isn't Jewish. What is Peter going to do? Now, he's just had this strange vision. Do not call unclean what God has called clean. And he sort of makes this connection. He's thinking, wow, it's, maybe it's okay to go there. Maybe I should go to his house. So he does. 
He goes to Cornelius' house and to cut a long story short, Cornelius and his whole family and all his servants and everyone else, they're absolutely, completely captivated by the story of Jesus' death and his resurrection. Yes, they want to follow. Yes, they believe. Yes, they want to trust. Yes, they want the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's just yes the whole way. The Holy Spirit falls in such an obvious, powerful way, as it often did in the book of Acts, that Peter was convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt that God had indeed accepted Cornelius and his family, in other words, non-Jewish people into the fold. Now, this is not a big deal for us. It was a huge deal for Peter. And it was highly, highly controversial. And now again, this isn't a big deal for us. So people from all faith traditions can follow Christ. Yeah, it's not a big deal. It was highly controversial in those days. There was many, many years of debate and discussion. There were lots of arguments for years and years. Actually, just to give you a little bit church history, this whole thing wasn't really settled until 50 years after the first Easter. It's called the Council of Jerusalem. And it was, it was in that council meeting. Yeah, they had councils, council meetings back then too. Uh, it was in that council meeting that they decided, look, um, we got to welcome. We, we, we need to welcome everyone into, into our faith and know they don't have to keep all the old Jewish laws in order to follow Christ. So it was a massive shift in the thinking of the early church. And this is why it's so significant to us, because there's so many great spiritual truths in this. Um, Peter learned something that we're all going to have to learn sooner or later, and we'll all keep on learning it sooner or later. And there's many things he learned. The first thing when you look at this passage is Peter learned, and I think he would say, you know, sometimes God initiates things, and at first you are totally clueless. Sometimes in your life, you're going along, you're doing life as usual, you're minding your own business, and then sudden, suddenly there's this massive change. And when this change first starts to happen, you really are, you're clueless. You, don't, you really don't know what to do or how to move forward. Actually, I just had a thought. I bet many of us thought that way a couple of years ago at the first, you know, signs of the pandemic when we were first shut down. Can you remember how just out of our depth that we felt, you know, we're trusting God, we're looking to God, we're praying, but it's like, God, I have no idea. I mean, for me, it was like, God, I have no idea how you can possibly keep our little church going when we're not even meeting. I mean, that was just inconceivable for me a couple of years ago. Well, obviously, we're, we're still going and God had a plan, but, you know, at the front end, sometimes the point is, is that sometimes when 
either God initiates something or things just rapidly change in our lives. At first, we can't see God in it. We're clueless. Um, you might feel, for example, today that you're going through a lot of changes. But you really are not sure what the end result's going to be. Now, Peter got a lot of flack, by the way, for going with God and doing the right thing. Some of you might relate to that too, that you believe that you're on the right track, you believe that you're doing the right thing, but there's people around you that are disagreeing with you. There's people around you that are arguing with you. There's people around you that are correcting you. You know, Peter was called up to head office in Jerusalem to speak to James, who was Jesus' brother. And James is like, what in the world are you doing? Is this true? Are you actually teaching non-Jewish people? And it, we even heard that you were eating food with them, which is totally against our Jewish, you know, laws. Are you actually doing this? And he got into an awful lot of trouble for this. I mean, he went up and he explained himself to James, but still, before that, before he could explain himself, he was in a lot of trouble. And that can happen. You know, we looked at that a couple years ago. You, a couple uh, weeks ago, you can be on the right track. You can be doing the right thing, but you can be surrounded by naysayers. You can be surrounded by people that's like, oh, that's not right, or you're not thinking about this in the right way, or we don't agree with you, or, but you can still be absolutely right on. Peter learned that. Peter learned that before things become clear, you can be very, very confused. When he got that vision, when he first saw that sheet with all the unkosher food, it was like, he's saying, this doesn't make any sense to me. This is just strange. This is just strange. And when the voice said, get up, kill and eat, it was just startling. It was just startling to him. Shocking. Yeah, Peter would say, sometimes you really don't get the support that you would hope for from the people that you would hope to get encouragement and support from. That can happen. Peter would say, you know, sometimes you have to go it alone first before things get better. Sometimes people really don't understand where you're coming from for many different reasons. Maybe it's too new, maybe it's too creative, <laughs> maybe it's too different. Maybe you're just way ahead of everyone. What if you see things that other people just can't see? What if you have that kind of discernment? What if you have that kind of wisdom that you happen to be a few steps ahead of everyone else and you're always waiting for people to catch up? It's kind of a cool gift, but on the other hand, that might be kind of a lonely gift too, right? Happens to be one of the spiritual gifts, the gifts of discernment, which means that you are pretty savvy about 
what's right and wrong. It means, if you've got the gift of discernment, it means that you kind of tell, you can kind of tell who's telling the truth and who isn't. You can um, tell who is an authentic, true person and someone who isn't. You know, someone that doesn't have the gift of discernment, uh, they get taken advantage of all the time because they just believe everyone, you know? Somebody tells them a story, they just believe it. They're gullible. It's just the way they are. Uh, but if you have the spiritual gift of discernment, you'll often find that you're waiting for people to catch up with you. And then you just have to bite your tongue and not say, I told you so, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so Peter, you know, he's, he's just way ahead of everyone else. Peter learned also, another thing in this I noticed this morning was, is that Peter learned it's okay to change your mind. Yeah, it's, it really is okay to think one way about a situation, a person, for a long, long, long time, and then you can change your mind. Peter would say, it's okay to believe one way for a long, long time. So he had that kind of flexibility that's, I think, quite unusual because people tend to get very, very set in their ways. Um, if you know someone very well, you can maybe even finish the sentence or you know where they're going to go with a particular topic, right? Because you've, you've noticed the pattern. They're set in their ways. Uh, Peter had a little bit of flexibility because he's like, mm, yeah, you know what? I know I've been taught this my whole life and uh, I, I, I understand that and I know it's important to all the people around me, but I really believe that I'm being led in another direction. And, you know, it's kind of fascinating that when Peter was younger, he was the one who got in God's way. When Peter was younger, he was the one who opposed Jesus. You remember that incident when he was younger, before Jesus was trying to get to Jerusalem? And a number of times Peter would try to stop Jesus from doing certain things. You know, he'd say, no, we can't ever let suffering happen to you. That would be terrible. You know, we can't let it happen. Well, he's changed in, I don't know, eight or nine or 10 years. He's really changed because years later, you know, when he's asked to give an explanation for, for why he's allowing these uh, non-Jewish believers to enter the fold, he's like, hey, I didn't want to get in the way of God. I don't, I don't want to get in God's way. So it's fascinating that in 10 years, he's really learned, hey, I know what like it is to resist. And I learned the hard way. I don't want to live that way anymore. If God wants to make a change, I'm going along with it. Now, again, I don't think that we can stop God from doing anything God wants to do, but I think we can make ourselves pretty miserable and those around us pretty miserable resisting particular realities. I think it's even worth considering, you know, 
Am I resisting something or trying to influence something that isn't really mine to influence? You see, the big controversy in the early church was some of the people were like, I don't think that we should let non-Jewish people join our group. It's never, we've never done it this way. We don't like it. Our parents and our grandparents and for generations, we have been taught, do not associate with people who are not like us. And now Peter comes along and he says he's had this vision and then he says he's witnessed all these new people come to faith. We don't like that. This is strange, it's wrong, and it's against the scripture, and we don't like it. And so there were many, many people who resisted this new thing that God was doing in the early church, and we can do, we can do the same. We can resist changes and new things just because they're new or because they're not comfortable, or because we like the old way, and we're used to the old way, and we don't want to do things differently. It's hard to do things differently sometimes. So it's very common for us to resist. And I think a piece of growing up spiritually is just taking a moment to ponder and think about, well, you know, am I resisting the right thing here? Because like Peter, you know, this great line in this text is, I didn't do anything, James, because I didn't want to get in God's way. I didn't want to resist what, you know, what God was doing. This is a God thing. This isn't even about me. It's nothing to do with me at all. It was God that called these people. It was God that poured out his spirit on those people. It's God that accepted those people. I'm just watching. I'm seeing what's happening, and I'm seeing that God accepts everyone. This is the way it is. This wasn't my idea, James. This is God's idea. I just didn't want to get in the way. And I think it's such a great line. I didn't want to get into the way of what God was doing. And I think that's a good prayer. I think it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great heart cry, you know, especially if we're pondering what to do or we're resisting something or someone or it's like, God, you know, you do what you need to do and help me to not get in the way. If I need to back off, would you help me to back off? If I need to not say something or not do something, could you help me to be quiet and not get in the way? Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode. <laughs>